This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. It's a new year, but there are some disability and accessibility stories that are going to sound very familiar to you, especially when it comes to the world of politics. Reporter Megan Gilmore has been all over the National Disability Benefit and a bunch of other stories affecting people with disabilities across the country. So today, Megan looks ahead to the progress of those stories heading into 2024. Megan is a reporter for Canadian Affairs. Hey, good morning, Megan. Good morning, Dave. Happy New Year. Megan, happy New Year to you as well. So Megan, Canada Disability Benefit. You and I have talked about this extensively and we'll continue to talk about it extensively because it is really, really, really important. Megan, let's start with the crystal ball. How likely is it to come about in 2024? And when I say that, I mean, how likely are we to get past the regulation phase and money landing in people's bank accounts? So I'm going to answer that question by referring to something that Minister Kamakara, who is the Minister of Diversity, Inclusion, and Persons with Disabilities, something that she said on December 11th at a parliamentary committee. She said that the law will be proclaimed in force June of this year, and that regulations will be done June of 2025. So from that, we can uh, assume, I think fairly accurately, that no, people will not be receiving money this calendar Oof. year from the Canada Disability Benefit unless there is some sudden change uh, that happens in the next few months. I I'm going to use the word important again here, Megan. Mm -hmm. Reiterate that timeline, just in case somebody buzzed their smoothie yeah. or, or, or blocked their ears for a second. Reiterate that timeline because that's really significant. Sure. So um, I'm just going to back up a little bit and explain what this timeline means. So as many people will remember, when Bill C-22, uh, now the Canada Disability Benefit Act, was going through Parliament, we spent a lot of time talking about this 12-month window that the government gave itself to create the main regulations to have the benefit, 12 months from the passing of the law. Technically, it was not 12 months from the passing of the law from royal assent. It was 12 months from the law being declared in force. And the law has this interesting provision in it where it says that the law will be declared in force by a date to be determined by the cabinet or it will be declared automatically in force one year after royal assent. So royal assent happened June 2023, and the government is not planning on declaring the law in force. It's going to wait until June 2024 when it will automatically become in force. Then that starts the one-year timeline for regulation development, and Minister Kara is saying that regulations will not be developed until June 2025. So it is almost a certainty that people will not be receiving the Canada Disability Benefit this calendar year. 
So Megan, here's where again I start using words like important and significant because I can't even think of other synonyms to throw in here. There is the possibility of a federal election looming. Uh, in 2025, almost certainly there's going to be an election. What happens if there's an election? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's one I would like to know the answer to. Um, and, and to be fair, I, I haven't started pounding the opposition parties yet to and they're probably not even going to actually say uh, publicly yet because there, there is not an election yet. But it is what I hope happens, Dave. What I would hope happens is that people ask their candidates about this. Yeah. Um, this, uh, I'm going to jump maybe a bit on an editorial soapbox here. Do it. Uh, this benefit was first announced in September 2020 in the speech from the throne from then Governor General Julie Payette. Uh, if regulations are not enforced until June 2025, that is almost five years after that initial announcement, and it will be four years since the original legislation was tabled in the House in June of 2021. That is an incredibly long time that people have been waiting. And what frustrates me as a journalist and then just as a citizen in this country is that we have had elections in in these years since then, and there's hardly been a peep about this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, there was a bit of talk last time because of our last guest, Michelle McQuig, but the rare, like hardly any public recognition that this is going on, and this is a massive social pro uh, project, um, it's very complicated, and on the it, it's a simple idea that I think is going to be somewhat complicated to get to yeah, work yeah. effectively, and the lack of public discussion about it I think is incredibly jarring, um, and the fact that so many of us, myself included, like I did not do my job correctly in June, um, and explaining like it was actually the coming into force that would set off the the twelve month timeline for regulations. And I think the government personally just needs to own up and say, we know people have been waiting and they feel let down and you need to deal with that. You need to deal with the emotions that your constituents and future voters are dealing with right now. Because on one hand, people want this benefit. On the other hand, I've spoken to people who've been very active in petitioning the government for uh, emergency relief and while they wait for this benefit, they don't even think they're going to ever see this benefit. So there's a lot of tension here, and I wish that was acknowledged more than it is right now. Megan, I, I'm appreciative of you hopping on that soapbox because, because look, timelines are important here. And mm -hmm. if in 2020 there's an acknowledgement of an urgency of an issue, and that's poverty impacting Canadians with disabilities, how on earth can you say it's worthwhile that it's been five years since you've been able to really act on the file, that it's going to be five years before a dollar drops into somebody's pocket, even acknowledging the complication? And here's my fear, and I know I'm trying to avoid pessimism this morning, but here's my fear. Not that I'm likening these two things to one another, but when the old Paul Martin liberal government was defeated by Stephen Harper about, oh my gosh, 18 years ago, because I'm old, I'm a fossil, Cannabis, cannabis legalization was on the table, and then it just went away. And that's my concern. If there's a change in governments, because I'm fairly certain the federal conservatives are going to win the next election, if they don't believe in this legislation, 
or in the way the regulations are being framed up, there's the possibility of now restarting another clock of trying to get this done. And then what is it? 2028, 2029, 2030? And all of a sudden, it's a decade of, of understanding there's an urgency here and no action. Right. Yeah. And June, like in the parliamentary calendar, June is when they go on summer break. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So, like, I think it is just an interesting fact that anytime this legislation has been tabled, so the original piece of legislation in 2021, and then when it was reintroduced in 2022 with zero changes, um, and then when it was passed, it always happens at the end. And personally, I think it needs to happen a little quicker in the in the schedule of the, of the city yeah hey megan we got to be a little bit quicker on these last two because yeah. one you have to get back to work and i don't want to blow up the show's clock completely medical assistance and dying you've also yeah. been on that file for a long time what is on your radar heading into 2024 on the made file sure so right now the government is planning to allow made for individuals whose sole so only underlying medical condition is a mental illness on March 17th. However, um, late December, the Canadian press was reporting that the new justice minister is considering um, all things related to this. So that could potentially mean another uh, delay in that. Um, so we don't know. Uh, right now, the plan is still that it will be expanded uh, in a little over two months. Uh, we, we don't know. So keep your keep your eyes and ears and everything uh, tuned out for that. One thing I will say that we have seen a lot more, especially in the past few months, is there's a lot of disagreement within the House of Commons about whether or not we should be allowing made for mental illness. And this disagreement comes from all, pretty much all parties. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's there's a lot of concerns that have been raised from from doctors, but also parliamentarians of all political stripes are asking questions about it. Can is this something that we can or should be doing? And Megan, let's get to one provincial story here, but it's a provincial story with some national implications right before the holidays. I mean, right before the holidays. A fourth review of the Accessibility for Ontarians with Disabilities Act was finally published. I say finally because it had been given to the government months earlier before finally being released to the public. It's pretty clear. Uh, in fact, it's very clear. In fact, Rich Donovan said it's borderline a crisis. It is a crisis that Ontario will not meet their accessibility targets by 2025, a goal that was set 20 years ago. Uh, what did you take away from the review? Sure. Uh, so first, the obvious, which we all knew. Like, nobody was surprised when, when Rich Donovan said that. People have known that for years. But what I took away from the review is this was a very different Review. It was a very different report than, say, the David Onley report that we covered back in 2019 from uh, the, late, the late David Onley. Um, uh, Mr. Donovan makes a lot of great observations, such as calling this a crisis, but some of his solutions have not been received very well by key disability accessibility advocates. So, for example, one of the things that he says is that he would like the federal government to be in charge. Well, he's recommending that the federal government be in charge of auditing the accessibility of private businesses in Ontario and specifically thinks that the Canadian Revenue Agency would be uh, poised to do that. That's a strange recommendation. Uh, the CRA deals with taxes. Um, so 
there he does not talk about standards he seems to not even be sure if he thinks accessibility standards are a good thing mm. and while i think that it is fair to critique whether or not accessibility standards have been effective and led to good change accessibility standards are kind of how this legislation is built so it raises a lot of questions like well what are you going to replace them with if you don't think that we need accessibility standards it, it's uh, striking that almost 20 years into the existence of the legislation that you're talking about potentially a rethinking of how you want to execute the legislation when you're supposed to be two years away from completing the first phase of the legislation. I, I can see why that would be uh, very frustrating to people. L and listen, maybe he's right. Maybe we do need to reconsider how we're mm -hmm. building accessibility legislation, but the AODA has been a framework for a lot of other federal and provincial legislations exactly. when it comes to accessibility. So if we're rethinking the AODA, we have to rethink everything. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And yeah, that's perfectly it. And it was fascinating to me to compare the release of that report with David Onley's report. Um, and quite frankly, I think David Onley's 2019 review is incredibly well written. It is a good read. It made me think accessibility legislation is exciting. I suddenly cared about municipal accessibility advisory committees because of David Onley's report, incredibly well-written, very effective. He also got a bit of controversy with his language that he chose to use, but he did it effectively for getting his point across. And people loved that report and they latched onto it. Trying to talk to people about uh, Mr. Donovan's report, so many people had criticisms and concerns about it, but would not go on the record. Yeah, um, yeah. And like, the fact that the report as a whole is not being fully embraced by Ontario's accessibility uh, advocates and community, I just think is a fascinating development uh, as a story to watch. Yeah. Hey, Megan, I took you way over time today. I'm sorry. Apologize to your bosses for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's Megan Gilmore, a reporter for Canadian Affairs. Coming up after the break, sustainability and fashion. What are you doing with all those clothes you received around the holidays? Jenny Bovard has some ideas on being a little bit more mindful and conscious of all the clothes hanging in your closet. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.